0: You're okay, Jodie, yeah, this weather, yeah. Fourth, you couldn't have me all at current power rankings at number four. You have to have them, definitely have them at number
1: one. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome along, I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 65 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel and... uh, a little bit of a glum disappointed looking Neve Briggs is with me sorry i don't mean that in a bad way neve but you look a bit, <laughs> a bit uh a bit uh tired frustrated uh, tough weekend again for you guys and uh, also for Munster, of course which were the main bulk of the podcast is going to be about um so how was uh, how was saturday i think we were talking last week and um big scoreline against france um Probably to lose the match is not is is, you know, was always going to be really difficult to beat France, but um some positives to take out of it. Um you've got to go back to the drawing board and review that again. I'm sure you've your reviews done, but um what was your take on Saturday in your game in Cork?
0: Yeah, look in a weird way, there was actually so much better than Wales in terms of um you're know, definitely more resilient within the group. I think we Fought really hard, Um, but ultimately, you know, we just made too many mistakes. And when you cough up possession and miss so many tackles against a team like France, you just, you know what I mean? You're going to get punished. You're going to get punished in international rugby at every single stage, but um, especially against the good sides like France's, England's, et cetera. So um, big learning curve for us. Um, Proud of how the girls... Uh, worked through it, but also we've got to get past the point of these moral victories. Um, so incredibly frustrated, especially when I looked back on the video. Um, we were uh created a lot of our own downfall at times. Um, I think that's the most frustrating part. But um, definitely some green shoots compared to Wales. Um, so a weird kind of mixed emotion. Um, after that week, but as you say, review is done now. I'm ready to go, and we have a few days off. I got in terms of you need to mentally and physically, players need to mentally and physically refresh themselves. Coaching group need to mentally refresh as well. And I think once you can do that away from um, the environment, it probably helps you a little bit. So, um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward now. I kind of feel like I'm done now in terms of I'm ready to go again. I've had my couple of days where I um gone over the game and stuff so looking forward to getting back
1: into camp again. That's that's the tough part of coaching isn't it? That's kind mm. of a roller coaster and um what can you do better do you think Niamh um in in your preparation now for between now and the Italian match um France are at a different level we all know that i think um you know maybe the sending off wasn't sometimes it works for you and sometimes it psychologically it it can it can have the opposite effect where you expect things to happen a little bit I'm not saying the girls did that um, but you thought that that was a bit of an advantage for you guys um, but France are an exceptional side let's, let's call us yeah. spade a spade their one power stage, their I, physicality yeah. their skill, skill levels superb
0: at one stage they turned the ball over inside their own half and they just went and and they, I was standing on the sideline and I was like Oh Jesus! Like as in the pace that they attacked at, the ability to to be able to know where space was. Their core skills are so good. Um, have they
1: gotten better, Neve? You know what I mean. We're we're trying yeah, to flo- we're trying to close the gap. You and your team and coaches and players are trying to close the gap. A lot of young players in there. So the gap. Sometimes when the gap is at a certain level, the the best teams they get better and better and better. So you're chasing them, and and. You know, we're chasing France, we're chasing England. Uh, Wales have gone up a level. Um, are they getting better? And is the gap getting a little bit bigger? Um, what, 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 what way do you see that?
0: They're, they're, everybody's improving. And we're just not at the same level as as those teams. Um, I think we're still trying to implement a professional programme. We're still trying to educate players on high performance on being able to back sessions up, on being robust um, and resilient in terms of being able to go and go again. Um, we've got to improve. We're improving, but it's just not at the, race, the rate that everybody wants, I think, yeah. or everybody expects. And um, But we can see from an internal side of things, when you take your emotional hat off and look at the process, you can see loads of improvements. I can see loads of improvements, especially yeah. not being a full-time employee, whereas... Um, when you're in it, it can be difficult to see it, but you you definitely do see see things. It's just that it's a a, a different level of of those other countries. It's- and do,
1: do do you think the girls feel that themselves? Okay, it's hard to lose the, the the these matches, and um, do you think they feel that 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 kind of bit of light is there at the end of the tunnel that they are gonna? That's that's where you want to go. There's no guarantees that with any sporting team, um. And is there anything else you could do different, or what what needs to change going forward? Do you need more support from the RFU? Do you need better structures? Do you need more time with the girls? Do you need the more girls to be in that full time environment? Would yeah, look, it's, it's there's loads of bugs to that are, to that answer in terms of. There's about five questions in there. To be fair, yeah. so my apologies. <laughs> <Be> like
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, I I do. For number one, there was definitely a moment after the game where younger players stood in that circle, and it wasn't the Nicola and it wasn't the coaching group, and said, "Like we're in this. Like we we are in this. We stood together. We were better." Um, and with an understanding, and that's not to sound patronizing, but an understanding of where we are as a group. But that we showed up this weekend, I think that was really, really important from a physical point of view and from a work rate point of view. From a from a what has to be done, there's just loads of there's loads of things in that. Look, you can't have more time together. It's not really possible from a, a point of view when you have players playing in the UK. You know, you know what regulation nine is. You don't get released to, um only in certain international windows. Um, but also, we've got to make sure that our domestic game is getting stronger all the time. I I think. This is, it. We won't bear the fruit of all this hard work that's going on in the background for another couple of years. I've been saying that since maybe two or three years ago. In relation to it, it's going to take a five or six years where we can actively, um, be at an international level where you're not expecting girls to be learning at international games that they're coming having learned, and developed, and um, and are able to probably. Live at that intensity and and that environment, and I think that that's a really unfair thing to be asking young girls to do at the moment. But we've kind of been in a situation where we don't really have a choice. Whereas when I look at that under eighteen squad that was announced yesterday, and I watched all those girls at pro level, um, it gives me great hope that in two or three years' time, what's coming through married with what's there now, um, it's it's very exciting, and it's 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 a it's a product of what's happened over the last few years. Now, you and I could sit here and we can talk about whether, you know, things that went wrong five, six, seven years ago. But it frustrates me that we've got to keep looking back in order to move forward. And we come to, have to come to a point. We as a group have, have definitely done so that we start looking forward as opposed to what's happened before. And we start building now as opposed to giving out of you know, things
1: that have gone on previously, so... Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree with that because, yeah. look, if you keep going back, you're never going to move forward um, and it's it's. I think tough. the
0: narrative out there is frustrating because it feels like that we're constantly looking back. Like, it's funny, you know, we sat in dressing room after the game and myself and Greg were chatting and Greg and I have been there in the 2008s and 9s where people didn't know that we played rugby and we we were getting bet quite well and and then you get certain things happen to a group that galvanises a the group and then people sit up and take notice and within a few years of that you know you're winning a Grand Slam I'm not saying that's going to happen what I'm saying is that now it's different because it's out in television and there's more people are aware and there's, you know, there's social media element and everything. So it's just
1: more in the limelight. And and, and lots um, more people have a voice and some and, of that... And they're
0: entitled
1: to it. So, some of those 100%. voices on, on, on social media are very negative. They're critical. Um, they're unfair. Um, and some of it is positive and uh, on, along the lines of what, what you're saying. But um, look, it is what it is. Uh, at yeah. the moment, you're in a very high... Uh, I suppose pressurized uh competitive tournament um yeah. and it's about building and and that's the reality and as I said, I do think looking back and blaming the IRFU for this that or the other or structural stuff that went on um is not going to uh is not going to make a huge difference at this stage, but um the girls need more support they need more structures we need more players playing the game, and we need we certainly need um more support more
0: competition
1: yeah more competition the the stuff the stuff that came out of the report needs to be implemented and um, all that stuff needs to uh, to, to, it takes a little bit of time okay it's tough one for you hard being a coach in these days I hope uh, we're not talking to you about this for the next few weeks and that you get a situation where your performance can improve and and maybe get a positive results when you go to Italy um Let's move on to the Munster game. Um, a yeah. lot of, I put a, a message tweet out yesterday, there's a lot of people have responded to that. Um, some of it is is close to the bone. Um, some of it is, is, a lot of that is justified. I think there's a bit of a frustration there, a bit of an eye-opener at what happened at the weekend. And probably not just what happened at the weekend. Previous week against against Scarlet or yeah. against Glasgow, and then the Scarlets game conceding how uh, many tries against? Yeah, so six tries conceded against Scarlets, five against Glasgow, and seven against the Sharks. A lot of people reference the defence and the system breakdowns there, and guys doing individual stuff, but ultimately power, aggression, pace, physicality uh, played a big part. The heat played a big part. It was twenty eight, twenty nine degrees in. Um in Durban the humidity was very high and a lot of people commenting on the Munster team coming out after half time looking fairly they looked, tired they and fatigued yeah. they looked wrecked like look pitchers can be deceiving if you look at the stats of the game um, and stats do lie I talk about them a lot you know Munster at 57% possession at 58% territory so that's where you want to be as a coach you want to try and have the ball as much as you can they had 110 carries to 72 with the Sharks. Uh, lots, 24 defenders beaten, six clean breaks, 125 passes. This was the one that jumped out at me. And the Sharks had 55 passes. And we got, it wasn't that long ago, well, it's a year and a half now, when we went back Big to Connacht that Connacht match. Connacht match. So Munster had what, 45 passes in the 43, game? 43, yeah. Uh... Something like that. And Craig Casey had 28 of them. So that was a real indicator of the type of performance that night and the lack of moving the ball and, and variation. 55 passes from the Sharks. So you probably, the other side of that is you don't have to pass it that much if you're get, making line breaks and you're scoring mall tries and you're, you're scoring off in, you know, sixth phase of play. Out of this curiosity
0: way. there, Quinny, does um, give you a stat on kicks? How often the Sharks kick compared to Munster?
1: Well, Sharks kicked 22 times and Munster kicked it 16 times.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a big thing rolling around about teams that kick more um, on a greater percentage often win the game. I think well, Leicester, yeah, the, Leicester worked off that last year.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's the type yeah. of kicks and getting the ball back and contestables and all that and territorial stuff, turning the opposition, then having a really strong piece set piece that you can go after the opposition yeah. line and all that stuff. So that, that's very, very, very much there. But... With Munster kicking the ball 16 times, you would think, um, I, I don't know, when you look back at it, um, should they have kicked a bit more? Possibly. Um, you're trying to come up against a very strong physical uh, first, second, third, fourth phase defensive setup. Um, you're not uh, fatiguing that defensive line. So there's a lot to that. Let's get on to the, the, it. We can go back to some of the stats. But look, it was a very, very disappointing result for Munster. Uh, to say the least, it was always going to be a tough challenge. Yeah, I think some people got lulled into the fact that the Sharks were really poor in Scarlet's the week before. But when you put their team on paper, it's half the Springbok it's team, scary. more than half. Yeah. Um,
0: Funny, after after our game and then obviously the Munster game, I sat in my house reviewing our game and started to think uh, genuinely, how do you cope with power? Because... Like we just we were overpowered big time against France and therefore when you're overpowered you end up missing a huge amount of tackles and I just felt like like Munster are the exact same. They got to see the first half uh before I left to go to Munster Park. And my 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 overriding thought getting onto the bus was Munster are, are going to be re, do really well not to put a, not to get a big score put up against them, even though it was only 17-14. But I felt they had exerted so much energy. In trying to retain the ball at the breakdown, in trying to physically get over the game line at times that they were going to run on fumes, and um, unfortunately that was the case.
1: Yeah, it's it's really difficult. Um, I think we'll get into we'll go into that a little bit more in a few minutes. But I think speed of movement is one thing. So in other words, if you carry the ball, you have to have two guys really quickly. So technique can can sometimes. be the dominant factor at, at breakdowns. So in other words, if 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 you're kind of half-isolated or a little bit high and your technique is poor, well, a big physical guy can drive you back and counter-ruck. If your technique is really good and your speed of movement to get to the ball carrier support play and that ruck is quick, um, well, that's a really positive start. The next ruck quick, the next ruck quick. And then those bigger guys, you know, they're running over and back, over and back. They can really get that big, massive hit that they want on you. They can't get that slow rock that they can pile into. That makes a difference for sure. How do you stop a mall or that physicality in that size? Well, again, it's speed of your actions um, when that liner comes down to try and disjoint it somewhere and break it up before it gets set. Because when that big mall gets set, so hard then then, yeah. then you're you're on a strength scenario and size scenario, and it's so hard for for one or two guys or if you're a little bit disjointed. So to stop them all, you've got to stop it early, is what I'm trying to say. You know, scrums are more of a um, you know, they're they're obviously technique as well, but um, you want to get the ball in and out of your own scrum as quickly as you can. So one of the common denominators and positives there that you need to do against bigger sides is speed of movement and technique. Yeah. Um obviously, if you if you're on playing in a wet and kind a of miserable day that you can't get some width in your game, it's harder. You've got to kick more, then, and then your kick chase has to be superb. So, there are just some examples that I would say. And I think, yeah, uh, but sometimes it's just really difficult to stop <laughs> that physicality. It's really difficult. Um, let's move on to the tweets and see what the okay. fans think and what their reaction was.
0: Yeah. So, um, Keen McGivney says Munster will need to regroup and leave any recriminations until the season has ended.
1: Right. Let's Dude, just talk on that, that for a sec. I agree yeah. with that. I think if we focus on all the, what went wrong, we will have more of a review. They've got to pick themselves up quickly here. They've two yeah. games left and they're like two cup finals from. them. So I agree huge. with that one.
0: Yeah, two huge games to the end of the season. Poor defence in the last few weeks has undone the good work in the last three or four months. Here's hoping two solid showings in South Africa can help seal Euro qualification. Dave Parks thought the breakdown was a free-for-all and Munster never got up to speed with how Barnes was reffing it. They looked exhausted in the second half. Nash was brilliant. Let's hope Munster take full advantage of the Stormers travelling to Exeter for the quarter final before we play them. Uh, Liam Sheehan, defence for the last three, game, three games has been shocking. Not sure if it's structural or individual failure. Munster were destroyed at breakdown. On a positive note, Crowley looked good even with slow ball. Nash was pure glass. Uh, John Dewey said, not sure we can fix the defensive issues in time. The number of points conceded in the last three matches is troubling. I think we need to beat the Sharks, but another thumping at the Stormers will have destroyed the players' confidence uh, for the following week's game. Um, and then Tom Lonergan said, playing at 20 degrees Celsius midday sunshine was a major factor. Players were blowing coming out from the second half. They didn't prepare for the heat. We're not given a fighting chance. They could have been in South Africa on the Monday and got four days of climatization, climatization training in, but no. So here's the thing: you either have to go. I know, I, I don't know if you've ever done this when you were playing, but you either had to go early. I think it's ten days early. But
1: they're they're not at altitude in Durban, so it doesn't have true. the same factor. But oh, actually, true. Take, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot take, about that. Take take out the altitude, or you still the heat. You need to climatize yeah. to that kind of heat and stuff. You go early with the. Um, the altitude um, or and late or you go touring. late on the Friday so there's loads of examples. Yeah. when I played in tour in South Africa yeah we went up to Blomfontein on the Friday yeah. morning to Sorry, play got a got test on it. Saturday we based ourselves in Cape Town and um, that has happened with lots of international teams so you either go early or go late with the altitude. But the heat is a big factor, so you need to acclimatize to both yeah, conditions. That was my as well. there. Sorry, I'm sorry. But thinking. look, it's it's hard to say they should have went out on a Monday and you What's
0: an actual day? Know. One of the Not, days uh, it was cloudy anyway when they it's,
1: got it's there. The, it's, the heat, it's the heat that they had to come up with. Humidity against. more if, than anything. And humidity, and yeah.
0: Stormers and sharks and away trips in Europe while we're off this so weekend should give us more time to recover. 16, 6.15 start is cooler. Score five tries again in each of the remaining games. So give us five um, bonus points. And Losing bonus points, we need to stay in playoffs. Um, Norman King, that 20 minutes after the break was just a disaster for the first half, la- um, like the first half last week. Front row badly in need of a rejig next year shows how badly we we're missing burn two. Um, Martin Brommel, defence in the last... Three weeks has been poor. We can't have define the season. They know what's required of them to ensure a Champions Cup for next season. They have a chance to right the wrong of last week, which they are capable of. There's bound to be ups and downs along the way. Um, there's lots talking about the front row, Alan, right? So JJ Casey speaks about leaving Cronin and John Ryan go is just awful. The pack were beaten up with some positives, especially Nash and Crowley, and with Thomas Ahern and the we'll Dogwood to come back too. Um, Brian Curtis, I find it very frustrating that we refuse to tackle the front row issue. I think I find it even more frustrating this and those they, that think Ryan or Cronin would make a difference. We need nothing short of top international standard front row, and we need to free up the budget to get them.
1: Um, um, yeah, just on the front row, um, Keenan Knox and Roman Salano are—they're not. First-timers, they're around for a couple of seasons, for sure. Kenny Knox is there longer than Roman. I think they're they're good players who haven't been exposed to top-level games on a regular basis. I still think they're still learning. Even some people might say, well, they're not young flas anymore. Um, they're relatively young as regards experience of playing at the top level and playing at the coalface against other international props. Um I do think more reinforcements are needed in the front row. Uh, James Cronin and John Ryan. A lot of people mentioned that online, not to our, not to us in the podcast as well. I'm reading it elsewhere. Um, James Cronin is flying in with Leicester, and John Ryan obviously has done really well um, and shown his quality before he left. Um, he's with. Um, the Chiefs so. uh, as well and and doing quite well there. Um mm-hmm. they're they're homegrown guys. Budget wise, though, at one stage I think you had Dave Kacon, Jeremy Lockman, um James Cronin, and I think they were all on high, fairly high enough contracts. Archer and Archer and Keenan Knox, and I'm not sure what other front rows were there. Roman is there two years. Um but you 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 do a lot of people keep saying it. Um the hooker scenario, Nile Scandal, Dermot McByrne, Scott Buckley, and then you have um Chris uh yeah. Chris Moore who's with John Wants. We haven't seen him at all. Um, I believe. Um I don't know what Chris Moore is like, I haven't seen him in the AAL. But with all due respect to all those players, um uh, most international, most top club teams. Or, um, top URC teams or, or Champions Cup teams as you're coming up against you're coming up against international front rows that are playing regularly international and these big games then they have them we saw uh, Glasgow with them back last week and the difference yeah. they make Fraser Brown and, and Fagerson they're, mm-hmm. they're playing with Scotland the week before so they're, they're top they're not they're internationals they're current internationals yeah yeah so the group we have are very low on the number of caps, bar Dave Kilcoyne, but he's not starting for Ireland. He's a very good player. But we need three or four guys who are in the international squad. That's ideally what you want to get to. That's what Leinster have. It's very hard to attain that by just going, um, it takes time, it takes quality, it takes, you know, brilliant players coming through. Um, and they're not they haven't come through. So the front row is an issue. What do you do about it? Do you I I still think that that's an area that Munster need to... And it's it's easy for people on the outside and for me or you or anyone else to say, it's very easy to say, we'll go out and sign a, a new tight head that will bring Kenyon Knox on and Roman Salanoa and have them learning from someone as well and have them springing off the bench, starting a game. And you have a bit more rotation, but you have... Like you go back to Toulouse last year, Niamh, up in the Aviva Stadium. The scrum we didn't yeah. lose the game. We ended up going out on penalties. But the scrum was a massive issue. So when you get to the business end of the season, you're trying to win trophies and trying to make a difference. It does. And um, I don't want to be what are we learning
0: then? I don't think
1: it's I, I don't, don't know what we're learning, a... but we've signed up the same group for next year. Um some of them signed new contracts. John Ryan is coming back. So um it is the same scenario again. You can't just create a magic wand and, and get a budget of a million euro and go and sign three or four quality players, and you won't be allowed to do it by there are A few you, you've got to try and work with what you have at the moment. But I still feel one or one big experience international. There was talks of um, the Malcolm Marks. Malcolm Marks. You think Malcolm Marks comes in, he makes a big difference to your two props beside you because he's a scrummaging hooker as well, he's so strong and powerful. And that's not disrespect to Niles Scannels, and he shouldn't be on the team. But Niall Scannels still plays loads of games, and he's chomping at the bit. So it actually brings out a fair bit more in him. But look, we could go on about this for ages, but lots of people are talking about the front row. I think if you look at the rest of the forward pack, if they, you know, if you get Thomas O'Hearn, Edwin Adogbo, um, you know, Finneen Witcherly, RG Snyman, John Klein, there's very good players there. Tyke Byrne, that's six guys there that for me, you know, really push on and, and help each other and rotate that that group. Possibly we need a back roar. A big back roar who's just gonna get you over the gain line. I know Gavin Coombs does that again, relatively inexperienced, um, as regards top class big games, uh, not playing it, you know, in six nations, internationals. I think that would help. Um the back line has improved a lot, but I think Munster need three or four three players. And I if, I, if it was me, if I was gonna sign on someone now, I know we're getting the center in there and, and um what's his name again? Alex thank uh,
0: Nankiville. Nankiville.
1: Yeah, he's coming in. Um but I go uh front row player, back row player, and a back three player. If you could get three more players, it would make a difference. There is some very good young players coming through, but the reality here is number one. Budget, financially, uh, the IRFU loan, you do it. And, and you know, it's like it's not Premiership soccer that you can just go to the transfer window. The worry about this is if we still see the same thing in 12 months time and we're still talking about the same issues. Um, well, then you're just losing time year after year. Yeah. And you're, not, you're not winning trophies. It's a really tricky one. Uh, if Graham Roundtree was given a couple of million and said, go out and sign who you want. Yeah, that's different, but it's not, he has to work with what he has, but I still think you can force the situation and try and go, well, look, our situation doesn't change here unless we bring in, and it's about experience and quality. It isn't about getting more numbers. Um, it's about experience and quality, but it's difficult. It's a difficult yeah, one. Yeah.
0: It's very frustrating. Um. Peter Finn just speaks about the conditions being crucial to the performance at South Africa. You can see teams were blown out at half time. Was worried for a few of them. Even management in the shade was overheating. Were overheating. Games in South Africa should all be even in kickoffs. Trevor O'Sullivan, the ruck was a major issue. The initial seal was fine, but the second counter ruck from the Sharks and another counter from Sharks was destroying the flow for Casey. Physically, big difference in some of the exchanges. Hopefully, they can go back down and get two wins.
1: Just on um, the, weather, the weather stuff there, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Obviously, it would be ideal if they were in the evenings and not in the, the hot weather. But like the South African teams have to come north and play in horrendous conditions through the, through the winter as well that they're not used to. So that balances itself out. This is Champions Cup. It's different. Um, maybe you you could... Uh, Munster could have argued that point out. But the first half... Um, Yeah, there was some good stuff. We'll talk about the positives and negatives. We gotta move on. Have you a couple of more or
0: uh look, move on. They're they're all pretty much talking about the the breakdown and um monsters losing that kind of battle.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, there's um I think we're 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 all in pretty much agreement. It isn't about scapegoating people here and you know going hard on individuals or anything like that. That's not the case. I still think. And I don't want to kind of rock the boat here and kind of create a... a, a, um, I still think there's structural issues. I still think there's cultural issues as regards standards, um, you know, the level of of desire, uh, understanding, um, fitness levels. um, And I think... It's hard for the players. I, I, I have sympathy for them. I think we've seen a lot of big improvements this year in as regards, particularly from the period of November up to two weeks ago, wasn't it? We saw a lot yes. of positive stuff. So I think they're getting very good coaching now. Um, I think the coaching and the the, the style of play, um, you don't hear anyone giving out about the way they're actually attacking and trying to attack. Even the, you know, Shane Daly's tried to start brilliant um, that was a brilliant try by the way yeah it was a brilliant try so we've scored seven tries against Scarlets, four against Glasgow and five against um, the Sharks so that's 16 tries in three games we've conceded 18 so you think oh god simple solution stop conceding tries and you'll win games you're scoring 35 points you're losing you're scoring 26 last week and you conceded you scored 49 against Scarlet so if we want to look at positives and negatives, which we usually do, the positive for me is obviously the attack has changed. Um, Are we being a bit loose in some of that attack? Possibly we, we saw balls going down the other day and some poor execution and, and the sharks went and scored, uh, went up the field and scored tries and made it really difficult for ourselves. So um, I think the coaching has improved a lot. And I think, there's still very, some very good players there. But just our reality here in EVE is, and I think for any of the listeners, or Munster fans, we need a bit more quality in this team. Whether that comes from young players coming through or superstar players, I always say this to people and for the listeners, I remember being with John Hayes when Dennis Leamy turned up at training and both of us went, Jesus, this fella's not just going to play for Munster, he's going to play for Ireland. When Keith Earls turned up to training first, and Keith is still in the squad, um, he's still around us, had a fantastic career. I remember Hayes and myself chatting again, this fella's going to play for Ireland. You need some young players coming through like that. Um, you, need, you need to get a bit of luck. You need the numbers. You need a bit of quality. And I'm sure there is some good young players, and that's what's going on behind the scenes to try and bring these guys through. But anyway it's uh, it's frustrating for the Munster fans at the moment because nobody expects us to win a trophy this year it's not been it's not been negative but it was always going to be difficult but the key for us was the key for Munster for me was make the playoffs um in 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 the URC and realistically, Munster should have had should have been targeting a, a home quarter final no, in the URC. So being the top four, not like I wouldn't have, that would have been a defeatist goal for me. Saying, "Oh, we'll be in the top eight, be in the top four, and get into the mix in Europe." Um, they've been were very unlucky. The reality of this, as well, is very few teams would have went to the Durban on Saturday in that in that round sixteen. Any of the other teams that that were playing and beating the Sharks, that was. You Know more than half of the Springbok team were there. Um, a lot of quality and power, so there is some I, positives I, there. The yeah, negatives, I, I, was,
0: I was thinking about this, sorry, a lot in relation to with the months or so. So, over the last kind of while, I was kind of in my head, I was like, maybe it's because I'm hanging out with you too much, but I was starting to think about coming towards the end of the season, months were kind of struggle because of those power and physicality stakes,
1: but like. <clears throat> Well, you would so, think it's in another other side. Would you think God the the hot weather, the warm weather, the yeah, dry well, ball, well, I think the do weather? Just
0: kind of for me, it was the quality of player that were coming back in after Six Nations, right? So in my mind, those, those teams, the lancers La Rochelle's, um, Sharks, when they're on, at home, are kind of on the top top rung. And then you have the bottom ones that are like you know the some teams from Wales and, and other teams like that in terms of how they play and the type of players that they have. Um, and for me, Munsters in a little bit of state of flux at the moment. So we've seen them been really, really good against those bottom teams over the, since they've kind of got their mojo since November. Right, starting season was always going to be difficult, but like I, I feel like that, little, they're kind of, they're not quite at the top tier. They're definitely not at the bottom. They're just kind of in a state of a little bit of flux and. I think Munster getting a top six in the URC and getting out of the pool was probably a fair reflection on where they are as a group.
1: Yeah, um, but, but that flux you're talking about, Nave, how many years has that been going on? And well, the, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not I, saying I, I, here that yeah, no, I know it you're should saying. be better. You've no divine right just because Munster have been successful in the I past. I just think other more.
0: teams are, those, those top tier, I feel like, it's going to sound stupid, but it's like a women's game for us at the moment. At the top tier are getting better and stronger all the time because of more we, we, we financial backing. And
1: yeah, we lost time. We, we, we lost time yeah. doing the same stuff over and over again.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, recruitment I got, wasn't I got, good enough. I got vilified in 2016 for talking about structured stuff. It was never meant to be. Uh, I don't even want to, I, every time I bring this up, I say I don't want to bring it up, but it's the reality. I was frustrated by recruitment, by standard of player being signed from overseas by the quality of players getting contracts, by academy players coming through, uh, accountability right across the board, and you know Axel was the coach at the time, and he was one of my closest friends in in rugby, and I, I I had a rant, I I was it was just frustration that came out. So I think there's a lot of positive stuff that's happened, and I really believe that. If you put on a Monster jersey, you've got to bring passion and pride to that jersey every time and emotion. Um, this group have you know started the season incredibly poorly. I think they've found a little bit of spark. Do they need more quality? Yes. But I think no matter what happens, you know, you have two games left, they're incredibly difficult. They they've dug this kind of hole for themselves that they put themselves in this position of of, of, of having to go and win the, one of these games. And that's mainly down to the start. I think the positives as well are the coaches that have come in. I like Graham Rowntree a lot. I think he's very calm and assured. Prendy, uh, Dennis, Andy Kiriyaku, George Murray's involved there as well. Who's been around for a long time, knows the setup. But I, I just think they're maybe we got a little bit too far ahead of ourselves because if no, you look I see, at- I,
0: I just sorry, I just think that when, when you're looking at games like last weekend. It's very difficult from a coaching point of view in order to, to to probably think about you know what it takes to win that game. In order to win a game like Saturday, you needed every player, every single player that took that park to have the game in their lives. So when you go into these, these these situations where you're going up against teams, irrelevant to what's happened from a Munster point of view years ago, talking about the Monster group now. Even though we've seen so many brilliant green shoots over the like, I love how they're playing right now. I, in terms of their attack shape, I think it's absolutely class. I love the fact that they're they're being brave and how they're looking. To them. Like that Gavin Kooms pass machine Shane Daly, like that wouldn't have been thrown a year and a half ago. Like that was just so good. But you needed everybody to have but a that, game of their that's, lives last that's weekend.
1: Basic stuff as well. That's I would think they all need to. That's the stuff that would have frustrated me as well. I I just think Neve the the reality here is they need to find obviously get better there's been issues around for me fitness at the start of the season was not good enough speed of movement all that kind of stuff so but they've improved so much quinny yeah they've been pr- improved from a, a um, an endurance point of view but i still think they need to get more powerful and that comes from the gym and the type of training they're that's doing. In preseason, yeah, yeah. But, that takes but that, time. that's where you've only one window of that, and that's your preseason. pre-season we saw preseason yeah, yeah. last year where it was trained for two weeks, a week off, trained for two weeks. Peter O'Mahony's yeah. wedding, everyone's off for a week. Then you, you, you a week and a half later, you've you five and a half, four and five weeks for preseason with two week offs. I never had a week off in a preseason in 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 all the times I did preseason. Horrendous time for professional players. But anyway, let's. Park that. We'll move on. The, the any positives. The positives for me, just quickly, because we're, we're we're running out of time. Positives for me is the performance in the first half. I think the heat did play a factor, and and there is loads of mitigation for that group that went out there. There's no player went in the field on Saturday to go. Well, um, you know, I'm not going to try my hardest here. And I do agree with you. To win that game on Saturday, you need guys with a rating of eight and nine out of ten. Everyone we're across the board. Um, I still think that there's players making poor decisions defensively, and they're they're really hurting the team. They're shooting out of the line individually, they're getting their timing wrong. You, you know, when like I said at the start, when you're up against a powerful side, you need unity in defence. So other words. Yeah, you're making seconds. the tackle, Neve. I'm your support on the outside or inside. I'm helping you now. If that player steps you, I'm on the inside to make the tackle. Yeah. This guy's doing a lot of individual stuff and I'm sure There's it's lots of hips turning
0: in. I think that was the most frustrating part. Yeah. It's not been squared. So
1: look, sure. uh, the positive...
0: We, posit- we just got to talk about Kavanagh's performance. The posi- probably- po-
1: just, we, the positives were the try scored, the the effort level in the first half. I think fatigue, uh, conditions and power played a big part in the second half and the breakdown was a big issue. So I think technically they were poor at the breakdown and they they kind of didn't stay on the task in hand. They were too high. They were getting counter rocked a lot. And guys been in. The, uh, so it comes from some of that fatigue as well. But look, we've got it, Bennett. They've two weeks left. Um, let's move on to the start of the week. Um, very, very quickly. You said his name there. It has to be Calvin Nash. I think he's yeah. one of the most improved players in this group. I think his rugby intelligence has improved. I think that's obviously helped by the fact that you know, Prendi has got time with him. He's taken him and, and the but other But he's also
0: consistently playing week in,
1: week out. Yeah, but his decision-making is superb compared to... Yeah, but
0: you only get that from learning on that stage. My, my biggest fear is that when I looked at that performance the other day, I thought to myself, Jeez, Calvin could be a boarder for that or a cup squad. I just think he's exceptionally quick and, you know, he's strong on the ball as well. When he carries into contact, we don't often lose it. But... um Munster finished in a couple of weeks' time. That just allows others from the likes of Leinster's to be um, to be to be ahead of him, like the likes of Jordan Larmour and stuff like that. Um, they're more in the eye at higher level games. But I just think he's at a re really, whatever happens in terms of that World Cup squad, I think he needs to sit back after the season and go, Okay, that's my base level now for next season. I want to go and I want to go and I wanna go. And and then, you know, hopefully international honours will follow. Because I just he's been he's had such a good season.
1: Yeah, he had a really good game. I think um, it's hard to pick out too many. Jack Crowley had moments uh, that he looks quality. Um, I think tough. it's tough on Joey Carberry. He's in a kind of a position now of, you know, not getting selected there on Saturday. It's a tough one for him. I still believe in Joey Car- Carberry. I think there's and there's a lot of quality there in him. Um, but across the board, as you said, too many too many players just didn't have that eight or nine out of perfor- out of 10 performance and the sharks were very very good so it's a pity they're out of europe uh, i said to you last week i would have preferred if it was a league game this uh, last weekend uh, they've no game this week it gives them a chance to recuperate a little bit and then they travel next week to play the stormers and then the sharks so um We'll finish on kind of a a positive note, even though we're kind of bouncing from positives to negatives there. There is issues. There is, um, this team needs to get better. Munster as an organization still needs to improve and get better at certain things. Um, Strength and conditioning for me is is going to be an absolute key this summer. Yeah. Uh, Fitness levels, getting more power and getting the younger players to really find their pain threshold as regards fitness, conditioning, and and getting that stuff in the tank for the season. The start last year and, you know, it's there for everybody to see. Lost to Cardiff round one, lost to Cardiff round two. 21-5 against Zebry in round three. There's a point left behind you there, a bonus point. Yeah. You know what I mean? That one point could make the, all the difference. Uh, Beaten 20 points 11, deservedly so by a very good Connick side that night in Galway responded with a performance against the Bulls and got a bonus point win. But then you had Leinster um away, which was, you know, it's your your back is against the wall. They're so strong, beaten 27 13 by Leinster. And then the loss to Ulster in Thomond Park, 15 14. They atoned for that by getting the, the win in January, I think, but that's again another game. So there's at least two or three games there, I think, that should have been wins for Munster. And I true I, I actually think pre-season didn't help that because really it was from the 10th of November onwards, that South African game, that we started to see that speed of movement, uh, that attack structure, getting better, that fitness level, that work rate from players in attack. Um, so there's been a very good run. Last two weeks have been poor. But can they pick themselves up just finally for for the trip to Stormers? Or are we hoping that hoping the Stormers beat Exeter and that they they're kind of going at two fronts and that they're in Europe, unfortunately, they're not secure that second place yet. They're See, two yeah, points they're behind not Ulster. And yeah. Ulster have two home games, so I think Ulster will win them. So they do play, is it Benetton in the last game, yeah. Stormers? So um, they're not going to put out a second string against Ulster. I don't think they will. Team. But if they win in Europe, they, like no matter whether you want or not, you're, there's a bit of rotation that's going to ha- have to happen. But yeah. I think Munster can't focus on that. Maybe they're better off play a full set Stormers side and uh, just go for it. Um, it's going to be really difficult. Stormers have been brilliant um, this season, really consistent. The Sharks have been up and down a bit. Um, but there is a danger here and we can't get away from it. That Munster miss out in Europe next year. They, if they finish eighth, right, they're in the playoffs Um but
0: I mean, wales will jump a welsh
1: team will jump them is that what it's what it is yeah yeah and if you finish eight, you um, yeah um a welsh team yeah, card well. looks like cardiff they've got to get into yeah. europe because of their pool they'd be top of their pools so you could miss out in europe um yeah it's a it's a tricky couple of weeks they've got to dust themselves yeah. down i still think there's a good squad there there's good players there that you know obviously you would like to get get a bit of recruitment in there and improve Graham Rowntree's hands are tied a little bit but maybe they can figure out a way of getting someone in. John Ryan coming back will help as well. And I still still think some of those front rows will get better. Um, And I'm really enthusiastic about Rue and Quinn, Brian Gleeson, maybe getting them into the group and uh, bringing a a different kind of energy as well. So um, it's not all doom and gloom but it's a reality check for all of us that we've had a very good run from November up to this point. Um, Let's hope it doesn't peter out now and that we're not finished our podcast in two weeks either as well
0: (laughs) that's the hope that's the hope but yeah look I I do I agree with you I think they've got to park this very quickly now and um, review and and start to preview what Stormers are hope the travel that will will not impact them going back over there Um, but I do think that I watched Stormers last weekend they're They've got a huge amount of threats. I don't think they're as physical. this could eat my words a couple of weeks time, but I don't think they're as physical as the Sharks. I think they play with a quicker tempo um, and that might, suit, that might suit Munster, I think. Um, but yeah, I just think that I'd imagine there'll be a huge defensive focus over the next couple of weeks knowing and backing that, um, you know, uh, that if they have that work done and banked, that the attack will look after itself because I feel like that they're, they're kind of on the on, on the same page now. In relation to that, obviously, you want to be fixing things and and getting better at all the time. But in terms of the structure and the systems that they they're, they're definitely on on form in terms of what their detail is. So, um but yeah, look, I think if they go and they get a you know, like how amazing would it be for them and their confidence to go get a win over there? It'd be unbelievable and it would be just reward for all the hard work. I think from. From from everybody involved in that group from, from November on, in terms of why we know there was a huge amount of work going on over that pre-season the first few weeks. I think once they got their mojo and their confidence around that November time, um you and I both know that we don't always get what we deserve in the world of sports. But I, I do think that um to go from the start to what they finished with um, over the last few weeks, um, in that and in between that, um you'd love to see them just to, to get a win over there so that they can kind of get a, a better position to what they deserve um, on the basis of that they put such a good run together.
1: Yeah, it's hard to... Um, we spoke a lot, Neve, about those two games and how you didn't want to get, be in a situation that you had to go and win. But um, this, this is where they find themselves. They've, um, they've got to find something in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the big thing for me is Europe next year. If you're trying to build, and we are in that phase of of, of trying to build a stronger team and, and that's what Graham Rowntree is doing so uh, good luck to them in the next few weeks they need to be better than they were last Saturday in, in a good few areas and hopefully they've addressed that and can be um, that's it for episode 65 um, thanks again Niamh. Uh it's thanks, uh, probably went on talking a little bit about that but the fans are you know this the podcast neither, has always important. been about the fans as well and what yes. they feel and there's no point in uh, berating uh the group um everybody wants to see him get better but there needs to be a little bit of um no matter what happens and what way would they finish the season i think there needs to be a bit of a a recalibration and real hard look again as 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 where where the 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 club is going and how they can get better and certain things probably need to change um without kind of picking them out individually i think we covered some of them um So that's it. Okay. Thanks, Neve. Good luck. Uh, Enjoy your free weekend. Are you back with Bose this weekend? No,
0: we're playing at Old Alvine in the last round of the penultimate round the Cup.
1: Home or away? Uh, Home. All right. Home comfort. So, well, good luck with that. And uh, good luck in your prep for next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks.
0: Thanks.